0: Today on the show, we're scratching that true crime itch, Last of Us style. Also, cannibals. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. My name's Leo. And I'm Lawrence. And today we are finding our way back into the snowy woods of the year 2033. We are hunting the deer and we are meeting a well dressed older man who seems totally nice and nothing is going to go wrong, right? We're totally safe. Yes, Abs- absolutely. Ah uh, shit! It's cannibals again. <laughs> <laughs> Not more cannibals. Oh, the oh worst.
1: Right. I feel like I feel like we've been talking about cannibals in every single episode that we've done. Uh, so we might as well just bite the bullet and have a full episode
0: on cannibals. Listen, it's what people want to talk about. It's like love, life, travel, eating, eating people, eating what you love, loving the people that you're eating. It's it's relatable on every level. Eat, love, pray. Eat, pray, love, but with people. (laughs) Eat, eat, eat. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about David, uh, the everyone's favorite cannibal. Um, But specifically, and I think it's worth mentioning, David and James, who Ellie meets in the woods uh, while Joel is kind of out of commission from uh, his injury. We don't know a ton about them. Like, in-game, they're pretty mysterious characters. And one of David's things is that he basically keeps what he really thinks and what he really feels very close to his chest, right? Like, this isn't a guy who is going to monologue about his real intentions for a long time. So part of this episode will be sort of us sharing our ideas and our speculations based on the in-universe lore that we've covered so far— and, and this is the third episode of Last of Us, so if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, you don't have to, but definitely check them out. They were a lot of fun to record. It's one of our favorite video games, period. I think it's just one of the best games ever made, um, and we love talking about it, so you know, check it out. And if you have ideas, if you've noticed some cool little hints and clues in the game and you want to throw those our way and kind of have a, have a chat, uh, re- reach out to us, man. We're on Twitter. We're kind of all over the place. So
1: right, it's like anytime I anytime I do a speculative episode, that's my uh my little disclaimer there. Like this is all speculation. So if you disagree, uh, don't call me an asshole. Debate me online like an
0: asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Cash me outside. How about that? How how about that? Uh, yeah, no. So, and it's true. I mean, ultimately, we might learn more about them in the next game in Last of Us Two. It seems unlikely because they're both very dead. Yeah. But it's entirely possible that we will meet other cannibals, and we're going to talk a lot about this kind of pocket of the last of us universe it's going to be good and i mean we've we've talked about this in the last uh few episodes that the
1: last of us does a really good job with like you know there's not a huge like lore dump of hey this is what happened beforehand you're pretty much left on your own to discover like how the world got to the state that it's in right now and like david is a really good example of of um you know still trying to figure out what happened to people and the world uh, because he is the master of misinformation from the very beginning and unlike any other um you know enemy that you've come up against you know at all throughout the entire game david he's he's much different he's not this like oh I'm you know kill or be killed kind of person where you're not you're outwardly aggressive like when you first meet him in the forest um he pretends to like submit to Ellie's demands. Like she was just like, you know, Hey, give me your gun. Um, I need medicine. And he sends his, uh, you know, his secondhand man, James to go get some medicine. And he gives Ellie the gun and is just like, okay, we can sit and talk and infected show up. And, uh, David reveals that he has a gun, like a leg holster, that he's just been concealing this entire time. That's sneaky Pete. Yeah. How dare he? (laughs) And honestly, it speaks volumes for his personality because he's always like master of misinformation, but always prepared. And it's what makes him truly terrifying in some parts of this game.
0: Well, and keep in mind, too, like he, he has control of the situation. He has a hidden gun he doesn't let her know about that. He probably could have killed her, but he is a player of games. He, uh, he actually gives her medicine, which I, which kind of blows my mind. Cause ultimately like we, as the player who spend most of the game controlling Joel, like we owe David our lives <laughs> in a way, because obviously the medicine he gives that, that, uh, James brings to Ellie, that is a big part of why Joel survives. So it's in, it's a he's a really interesting character if for no other reason that he kind of ends up being this pivotal part of Joel's recovery he very much hunts and kind of really really frankly fucks with Ellie like emotionally and psychologically and is this terrifying monster that you kind of deal with but again exactly like what you're saying it's not this outward show of violence until, of course, the final confrontations. Um, but initially, he's just a very, he, he's careful, he's calculating. Again, he came out of that initial, you know, being held at gunpoint by this girl, he came out of it with, like, food and with an opportunity to find her and hunt her and that sort of thing.
1: And, you know, even to to unpack a little bit right now, and we might get into this a little later, just to unpack the whole, like, helping Joel... He's like very opportunistic, um, right? Like, yeah. like the the creepy thing about David is like he is a hunter to his core. He, he gave her the medicine because I think he was he sent James away because he was really trying to to figure out if Ellie was the girl that his men mentioned from the university that like, you know, slaughtered all of those people because they knew it was a guy who was traveling with a little girl. Um, and then he gave her the medicine and let her leave with the intent of tracking her later and didn't show that intent. He was just like, you know, I think we'll meet again. Right? Things happen for a reason. With the level of, like, um, misinformation that this guy gives out and, like, his, like, strange intent and his ability to track who knows if he was even following her beforehand or, like, if their chance encounter was actually chance. And these are the things that you start to think about when you've kind of gone through this part of the game with
0: with David, no, it's true, and you know what I mean like what do we really know about him so even on his like dossier online it's his age is approximate, but he does appear to be in his like late forties, maybe fifties uh could look great and be sixty. who knows they're, <laughs> they're, the possibilities are endless with the enigma wrapped in mystery that is David eating people um, will do that to you, you know. Makes you look it's younger. The, <laughs> oh the, that that was not an official uh, stance of Lore Party. <laughs> uh don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. We do not condone
1: eating people at all. No. That's a- true. Actually, it'll make you look terrible and we'll definitely send you to jail, so please don't.
0: You you lose a lot of attractive points when you <laughs> when you go down that road. Um so he 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 could be younger than Joel um that's certainly a possibility but he is old enough that he had a life before cbi cuz keep in mind the year is 2033 you know 2033 when we meet david and james for the first time and the cbi infection was in 2013 so ultimately there's a 20 years if he let's say he's 40 like he had 20 years of life before the infection compare that to james who appears to be in his 20s you know maybe early 20s late 20s he probably wouldn't have been more than a young kid so we start to see that like david's right hand man is this younger person who doesn't remember before cbi probably that much and is is useful i mean he definitely is the more aggressive in those interactions with ellie where he's like you know he he even pulls his gun on her and and and, uh threatens to shoot her so this is—it's kind of an interesting dynamic there, but it's something that I'm sure David takes advantage of. He has this sort of, you know, his muscle, his his sign of intimidation, and so that he's not just alone out in the world. It's all calculated, you know.
1: Right, and and like I don't know, I have my thoughts on one like David pre and <laughs> post CBI, and some of the like things that I, I believe that like he kind of experienced. Um, just kind of like based off of what we've seen, I'm just gonna, gonna kind of throw out a couple of, uh, couple of game theories here. You ready for this?
0: Yeah. I'm listen, I'm going to prep myself right now. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs>
1: prep myself with a human sandwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, we'd like it to make very clear <laughs> that, uh, don't, don't do that. <laughs>
1: um. I'd say that after this outbreak, David was most likely separated from family or any group that he was traveling with and fended for himself. Um one of the things that you notice, even though David is calm and collected when you encounter him, you start to realize from like all the, the encounters that you have with him that he's very like mentally unstable. Right. Yeah like he is extremely mentally unstable like we're as you know Joel's a killer and and you know like we we mentioned him like plowing through people and like not having any like remorse david is just has no connection with people um whatsoever so i would say that david probably experienced some sort of great trauma whether that was Um, You know, maybe escaping with a group of people only to have them killed by like hunters um, or like seeing his group of people, family or whatever, turn to infected or be like ripped apart by infected. Who, you know, who knows? Um, David is also a skilled hunter. Um, We can kind of like infer that David probably picked up these skills in this 20 year time gap. While he was like surviving on his own. And one thing that we also notice is that David has a lot of followers and David's followers are super devoted to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even when they question his intentions, they still do what he says. And David isn't outwardly like we said, he's not outwardly like mean or aggressive or like he doesn't appear to be ruling with an iron fist. So there has to be something else.
0: You know, it's, it's, you mentioned like possible trauma. I almost think to throw a, a, another possibility out there and we'll talk a little bit in a bit about like Charles Manson and Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, in some ways, David just seems like this person who just lacks some human connection period. Like maybe he was, uh, I had this. I had this like joke with a friend recently, where we were talking about like a, an apocalyptic scenario, and being like, "Wow, I don't have to worry about what career I have now, and like I don't have to worry <laughs> about like dating apps, Ugh. you know, like all of these <laughs> concerns disappear because oh look, you have to fight for your survival." And it's kind of a, a a funny idea, but for someone like David, maybe he was already, maybe he was like a Jeffrey Dahmer, like maybe he was already killing people and eating people and then, you know, and, and doing stuff without being detected by the law. And then everything goes to shit and everything gets crazy and the world comes falling down. And now he's like this practiced person with this skill set and this, again, total lack of empathy.
1: That's that's actually interesting.
0: <laughs>
1: it It's funny because it almost seems like there's this kind of like kind of religious cult following when it comes to David. Like when you, um when he hunts Ellie all the way up to the, the uh, restaurant and you see like the inscription on the wall and it's like, he provide, David provides for us or something like that. You know, don't rip me apart Twitter for not knowing this quote, but there's something <laughs> on, there's something on the wall that's like to the, To the point that, like David provides for us, it's almost like he is uh, from from like the biblical story, David and Goliath. Like he is the man who's conquered. He he took down this giant, and 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 this the giant in this context is this disaster that's going on in the world. Whether it's like you know, hey, he's keeping us safe from the infected, while also providing for for uh, or providing for us, and also keeping us safe from outside intruders that are, you know, still normal, non-infected people.
0: You know, and anything's possible because he is kind of a mystery. And I remember reading once about the sort of power of group psychology, this idea that one person by himself doing something will never, like historically, just doesn't have a, a high likelihood of convincing a lot of people to join. But when you have one or two people who already start, following and maybe you know i imagine someone like and again this is kind of speculative but james who's in his 20s if he was a young child and you know the 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 world ends basically and david meets him early on you know and becomes this sort of like father leader figure to james james would then be a signal to other people like this is a person who i can follow who you can follow you know, with this conviction that is contagious, right? Or like, I don't know, there's, I I feel like there's something key about this second person, about James, right? Yeah. You know, like he's got, I I feel like he's part of the, he's part of what led from 2013 David to, as you're totally accurately pointing out, this sort of like pseudo-religious idol that is David in 2033. For these survivors, these cannibals. Yeah, because like David views James as a friend. That's his like, you know, that's his
1: right hand man to the point where, you know, even though David is completely like a complete psychopath, when James is killed by Ellie, um, what he says is just like, you know, you didn't have to kill him. He was just doing his job. He views James. he, He holds James to a higher regard than I think like those
0: men that he sent to the university. Right, right, right. There's more of a personal, like, personal investment there.
1: Right. But, like, when you look at how James views David, it's completely different. James is willing to kill without second thought. Like, if anybody, you know, know, anybody who shows any negative intent towards David, James would put them down,
0: almost in a manner of, like, how Joel would. Well, and honestly, like, Again, we're we're we are talking about this like very difficult subject regarding murder and cannibalism and kind of creating this cult following, but ultimately in a post-apocalyptic world, who do you want to align yourself with? Like what what is going to be your highest chance of success and survival? Well, if you have this strong guy who leads a group of faithful, devoted killers. But he does provide for them and he does take care of them. It, it makes sense.
1: And you mentioned it in uh, one of the previous episodes that like um, the naming conventions that they give to people to kind of justify their actions. So like how the hunters right. call yeah. people like tourists. Right. Um, it's, it's because like you can't trust people. So trust is important, but in our world, it's easy to find easier to find than than like their world like it's like outside of this group if i'm if i'm excommunicated from this group i will most likely not find anyone else that i can actually trust and i'll
0: probably die trust is akin to to uh, life it's life or death for a solid second, I thought you were talking about this group like Lore Party. And I was like, Lawrence, buddy, we're not going to excommunicate you from... <laughs> if I <laughs> like- lose the trust of Lore Party, I will <laughs> die. I'm like, yo, me too. But like, come on, I'm like, it's not going to happen. I'll have to go back to basic forms of media, <laughs> like the <laughs> newspaper. My ham radio hour is going to go live <laughs> any <laughs> second now. Um... But it is interesting, this kind of comparison of of, of our world and the game world. Because obviously, yeah, Last of Us was created, it was written, it was imagined up by people in our world. And ultimately, we start to see some similarities. So I mentioned them earlier, Charles Manson and Jeffrey Dahmer. But it is interesting to use these kind of real world examples to gain insight maybe into the psychology, because a lot of stuff happens in Last of Us that I think is like, well, I could not imagine that to be a real thing, right? And right. luckily, because their storytelling is kind of handled gracefully and, and the they don't have these huge exposition, exposition dumps, and I never really felt myself losing that kind of immersion. Like I never really felt myself going, wow, that's not realistic. But I think that's partially because we have precedent in the real world about people Doing these sort of things, so I know that we uh, that that you were doing some some sort of dives, some some uh, w- probably wiki rabbit hole explorations. How does Charles Manson kind of fit into this puzzle? Do you think?
1: Whew. So so um, Charles Manson kind of fits into this puzzle with David, um, and the fact that like how how uh, how David leads this group of cannibals and like how he's able to manipulate them to to do his bidding Charles Manson and the uh Manson family and and some like the atrocities that they committed um like specifically like the murder of uh, uh Sharon Tate right and um you know the uh four others in her home it was kind of it was reminiscent of David sending the group of hunter cannibals to the university and their encounter with Joel. And like the, the funny thing about that, the reason why I bring up that example specifically is because like, you know, Joel murders them. We're not even Joel kills them in self-defense because they do attack first. And so like, even though that happens, everything that you hear after that is like, you killed my friends, you murdered my men, you know, you inconvenienced me, you hurt our group. There's nothing about, um, I sent somebody to kill you. You know, things happen. Like, it's weird. That's It's such a weird thing about that. David's group was the aggressor, but um, they're passing the blame on to Joel.
0: There, there is this sort of like, David alone would not be the force that he is. In a lot of ways, and we'll talk a little bit about the kind of comparison of David and Joel in a bit. But one of their big differences is this sort of community and following. We were, we were kind of joking before we started recording that like, Joel would never put up with having to deal with people. <laughs> like, yeah. like if, if you were like, Hey, Joel, do you want to have 40 friends? He'd be like, no, like, just <laughs> like, shoot, shoot that idea down. oh yeah. Um, so this idea that, David is only capable of what he's capable of and he's and he's only maybe in the position of power that we find him in because of his ability to build this group. So in a lot of ways that sort of Charles Manson kind of comparison is is I think a good one to make because it's like again if you if you just said broadly with no precedent, yeah, this post-apocalyptic world this guy it eats people and people want to hang out with him. <laughs> it's like what? No, 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 that's dumb. Because again, don't eat people. That's a that's an official disclaimer. Don't eat people. Uh, which again, as it's funny because as I was doing a little bit of research as well, reading through some of his, what he's done, what this guy's done, Jeffrey Dahmer, it reminds, it, it kind of sounds like, I, I in my head, I was almost like, wait, no, this isn't David. Like, I'm not reading about David's history. But we could be. I mean, we really could be, especially early accounts of what David might have been like as a child and what David was like as a young man. And that's, that's part of why I'm thinking, you know, what if he had already developed a, a taste for human flesh uh, before <laughs> the fall of the world, and now the world is, is a more suitable canvas for the kind of crazy he is in his head. He was a shitty GameStop employee, but he's a pretty good cult leader in post apocalyptia <laughs> Oh, God damn it. (laughs) Yep. That is, that. that's it.
1: Um, Because, like, you don't just get to a point where, like, you know, it's not like, oh, God, all hell's broken loose. It's time to eat people. Because, like, as we see, (laughs) you know, know, like, this is it. I want you to write that script. (laughs) Break the glass. Time to eat. It's like a fork and knife. (laughs) Time to eat people. Like, and 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 like the thing that makes it even crazier is like is we see that David is an exceptional hunter. Right. Um, and we can see that because he tracked the deer that Ellie was tracking, but from a different angle because he didn't show up behind her. They showed up. Uh, they appeared from uh, the opposite direction. He was also able to track Ellie through a snowstorm. Yeah. When she wasn't bleeding. And it was like blizzard conditions where she was able to move around all of his men that he had stationed around that town. So he's an exceptional hunter. So you wonder like, does he necessarily have to hunt people? So what Mm. got him? I I think about like, what are the things in his life that, that got him to uh, hunting people? But yeah, it's wondering, wondering about, like how he got to to this point. Like who knows if it was, who knows if it was something that he picked up beforehand because like it, some, in some instances it doesn't make sense that he does hunt people more than like, except for that. It's a way to provide for his, uh, his followers because we know that they don't exclusively like just
0: eat people.
1: They eat what's ever available.
0: And it and it does it does fly in the face of the goal of gathering a group like a community or or like gather a following because most people that you encounter in the game still view eating people eating other humans as kind of this repulsive terrible thing yeah. as makes sense uh, so you imagine okay he meets a new person he's gotta at some point be like hey yo you know what we're super about <laughs> that like maybe you don't like but we like it and you imagine that that is a tough conversation to have and probably one that if you didn't have to have it, you wouldn't. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty clear that they don't just eat people, hopefully, because man, just the, just the, the, the fact that like humanity is up against this thing, the CBI infection and the idea of a human group killing so many other humans, you know, like, You think about the number of survivors and just how quickly it must be diminishing for what, you know, for like, to what end? All right, we're going to keep this conversation
1: going, but first, a quick break. We interrupt this podcast for a preview for a different podcast. I'm Bruce, a regular contributor to Lore Party. In the unforgiving world of the gods, there is an endless, vicious cycle of fathers killing sons brothers killing brothers and sons killing
0: mothers but Kratos the ghost of Sparta looks to end that cycle with his son Atreus as they journey through the various realms of the Norse pantheon tune into our God of War episodes where
1: my co-host Abu and I discuss the latest installment in the God of War series from 2018 and the insightful ways the game creates more depth in a beloved franchise just check out our lower party feed and search God of War it should be easy to find we now continue your regularly scheduled podcast
0: So I th- I think at this point it's probably good to talk about you know we've we've talked about him and his community his his following um but the effect that he has on the gameplay and on Ellie as a character as a person is really hard to get a good measure on cuz obviously like so this happens in winter and like very quickly after you have this encounter and you finally kill Dave and you kill uh James. After that encounter, the game ends not super long after that. Like we really don't get to see the full like we don't get to see Ellie really talk it out with with uh Joel in any meaningful way. And then based on the previews that we see, like Ellie's in this whole new place, right? Like emotionally and I I think I think you've mentioned it, but this idea of her becoming the wolf. And David being that catalyst, right? That, that kind of, like, motivates motivates that transformation.
1: Yeah, like,
0: um, because
1: David effectively hunted her like a dog and backed her into a corner um, until uh, she had no choice but to, like, kill him because it was, like, at that point it was kill or be killed. Like, she showed her fangs, and she hacked him to death until Joel stopped her. And... The, there, there are a few things about that, that that's really interesting because we talked in our last episode about Ellie, um, about how she was like the character of Discovery. And, um, you know, like one of the things that we mentioned was the, the quote from the comic book that she uh, recited after they killed a bunch of hunters. So like she was experiencing people being killed around her. And it was like, okay, you know, killing, whoa, but like, you know, not so bad. This was different because, I mean, even even before this, Ellie killed somebody and was it was totally fine. She, she shot the guy that was trying to kill Joel and was just like, hey, you need to thank me for that. Um, but this was different because like before it was just like, OK, there were clear cut enemies. This man presented himself as, you know. Somebody who uh, had her best interests at heart uh, who really wanted to help her and Joel, um, but then quickly turned like this man was like he kind of presented himself like Joel. But you later find out that he's psychotic and he is nothing like him, but he's still like got this kind of like he's still very cunning, very cunning. So. Yeah, still he's like he's he's you know he he manipulated her. He like lured her into a false sense of security even when she thought she had her guards up, which is which is it's crazy to say cuz she was like, you know, hey, give me, you know, medicine and your gun. I'm in control here. And he's like, okay, sure. That's fine. Right. But I'm actually in control here. And like, you know, you try to lure um, you know, my men away from Joel uh we still you know we still catch you you think that you have like you know the advantage because you've taken down a couple of my men i still sneak up on you and put you in a cage uh, you kill james i still track you all the way to this
0: point and hunt you down and and it gets it's crazy how close she gets to losing like yeah i was re- i was remembering the scene where james is holding her down and like they're about to Kill her, and they're about to, uh, you know, I guess chop her into pieces and and eat her eventually, or save her for later, and then she she kind of is like, no, no, you're infected now because I bit you, and the just how close she got to dying is crazy, yeah. And you're right, it's like this is in spite of her doing everything right, (laughs) you know, like there there wasn't a thing, there wasn't a moment where she like really fucked up, other than maybe like just not killing him, you know, but like. I I could see how she would reflect and say, no, I did everything to to the best of my ability. And I lost like very heartily was beaten uh, in this game of chess and how that must feel right. Like how, how that must just decimate you. And like
1: it shows, it's like a, it's a good, um, it kind of pulls the veil From over her her eyes about like how this world really is like it's not that Ellie had this whole like it's not that Ellie wasn't understanding of how the world was I don't think at that point she was always like you know we're good we've made it through all of this stuff we will be fine she almost died because she trusted someone for a little bit didn't it didn't take much right. And so, like, and then she had to, like, then she had to kill somebody, um, like to to literally save herself. And I don't know. It, 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 like, it was just like, that was like the first time where we really see this kind of whole transition into the wolf. And even when you, you look at the, uh, second Last of Us trailer where she's fighting against the cult and, uh, she goes to, kill the last guy and she puts away the arrows and takes out the machete and just kind of like hacks the guy. It was in a similar fashion to how she kind of finished, uh, David. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be really interesting to see how inevitably this experience that she has with David and, uh, and James, how it affects her. And it'll be interesting to see how it is, Brought into play in Last of Us Two, whether like directly, explicitly if they mention it, or if it's just kind of quietly in the background. And again, keep in mind these things because you're so right. Like that scene with the machete in the in the second teaser now sounds and like feels almost heavy-handed. And it's, you know, reflecting what happened at the end of the experience with David. So you know really cool to see that that we're already seeing some parallels and some kind of interesting stuff there that's awesome right i mean it just goes to show
1: you that cannibalism is absolute bullshit yeah man gee
0: thanks cannibals if you're eating people you're you're already doing it wrong if you if you if you take one thing away from this don't eat people don't eat people what about wraps it up We hope you
1: enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening. and We'll catch you next time.